Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Bottom Up Revolution podcast, where we share the stories of the Strong Towns movement in action. I'm your host, Rachel. Today, we have two very special guests, my colleagues, Krista Tylan and Sierra Shepard. Krista works as Strong Towns office assistant in our Brainerd, Minnesota office, and Sierra is a writer and multimedia creator based in central Illinois. But besides serving at Strong Towns, they both also work part-time at local small-scale farms, and that's what I brought them on the show to talk about. Krista's is a vegetable farm, and Sierra's is an animal farm. I invited them on the Bottom Up Revolution to talk about their experiences in this vital industry, growing the food that we all eat and need to survive, and growing it close to home so it doesn't require costly shipping or rely on global supply chains to get to our kitchens. This life is not easy. Krista and Sierra both talk about the round-the-clock, 365-day nature of farm work, but also how much they love it and how rewarding it is to be outside, getting your hands dirty, and literally seeing the fruits of your labor. They discuss the growing interest they've witnessed in local food in their regions and the ways their farms have gotten connected with people in the surrounding towns. You will probably know by now that I love food, growing it, preparing it, eating it. So this conversation isn't the first one we've had with a local farmer, but I think Krista and Sierra offer a unique perspective as workers on rural farms in the current day. I hope you enjoy this conversation and getting to know two of my wonderful colleagues a little bit better. Krista Tylan and Sierra Shepard, thank you for joining me for this episode of the Bottom Up Revolution podcast. It's good to have you both on the show. Thank you. Let's start by hearing a little about each of you and where you live right now. Krista, can we start with you since probably many people in our audience don't know you super well? Sure. I am currently the office assistant for Strong Towns in the home office here in Brainerd, Minnesota. I grew up in Brainerd. I moved away as an adult for many years, and I've just in the past two years moved back here. My Most of my adult career has been in education and higher education, and but I've always been interested in plants, and that's kind of my passion. Cool. And Sierra, what about you? Can we hear a little about your life and where you live right now? Yeah, so I'm the writer and multimedia creator for Strong Towns. I'm a total Midwestern farm girl currently living in central Illinois. I actually grew up in a very small farming community around here and moved and traveled a while and came back pretty recently. I love the outdoors. I love plants. And yeah, that's that's pretty much the summary. Cool. So both of you have recently and or currently worked on some farms in your communities. What led you guys to decide to do that? You know, that's not, I think, a typical move that a lot of people uh, would take if they're looking for a a job or a side job. Sierra, what led you to decide to work for a local farm and what's the farm that you work on? So it's kind of a funny story, actually. It was totally random to end up at the farm that I am now. In the fall of last year, I'd been wanting to find a farm to work on. And I hadn't started looking at or really talking about it. And one day I passed my neighbor and she had these bags with her going on a trip, I assumed. And we started a conversation and she started talking about how she was farm sitting for this 
local farm, maybe about 15 minutes outside of town. And that this was going to be her last time farm sitting for them. And they were going to be looking for a new farm sitter. And she asked if I would be interested. And I totally was. So I agreed to live out at the farm for a month. That turned into six months. (laughs) And it was totally awesome. In December, it changed from me living at the farm to having actual farm working hours because I gave, I became more interested in doing more work than just um, like farm sitting was just mostly watching over the farm, making sure everything was okay at night when nobody else was there, that sort of thing. What goes on at this farm? So it's really cool. It's an egg and lamb production farm. So we have probably around 300 hens right now. And we collect over 100 eggs a day. It's a lot of eggs. And we have a small flock of sheep. Recently, we've added 11 lambs to the little crew out there. So that's really exciting. And are the sheep for meat or milk or um, yeah. Uh, wool? Yeah. So we sell their meat. And Krista, what about you? What led you to pursue farm work? Was it last year that you started working on a farm? Yeah. Yeah. It was last year in early May. And like Sierra, I think I've, I just have always loved plants and I was growing things from seeds in my bedroom as a five-year-old, you know, it was always kind of my side passion, but then just in the past 10 years, I started doing just like part-time work outside of my full-time job, like in greenhouses. And I worked in desert landscaping when I worked in Phoenix, when I was teaching. And I just started getting more and more interested in all things plants. And the one thing I had never explored was farming. And I became really interested in it when I moved to Missoula, Montana, and bought a a share in a CSA. And I really got to know these farmers, um, very young, industrious, so inspiring. These, these, um, it was like just a small group of like four people in their early twenties. And they had this amazing organic farm that now has just grown and grown. But I would talk to them every week at the farmer's market and ask them all these questions. And they said, you should come and work for us. And I, I thought about it. And uh, then immediately some stuff happened and I moved back to Brainerd. So when I was looking for um, like a summer part-time job, I didn't really know what I would do. And I just happened to open Craigslist one day. And the first thing on there was needed farm assistant on small organic farm. And I thought, this is it. And I got it. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So what does your farm work entail, Krista? So again, I did this, you know, last summer and then in Minnesota, basically shut down for the winter season, but she had four greenhouses and then a number of fields, but it was all, unlike Sierra, it was all produce, Um, no no animals on the farm. And my day would start at, you know, 5.30 in the morning or whenever it was quite light enough to see in the greenhouse, picking the lettuce and greens. And there was just a lot of field work. I mean, it's, you know, manual labor, harvesting whatever crop was in season and starting with asparagus. And it was all done by hand. It's, it was, you know, a small organic farm. 
but it's, you know, just all the different types of produce. Then uh, the farmer, who's a young woman, she sells all of her produce at the local farmer's market through the, the you know, late spring and through the fall. Got it. Did you have a role also working at the farmer's market or were you mostly just in the fields no, on the farm? I was basically another farm helper and I um, were responsible for all the harvest. And so we just had to get everything picked before she had farmer's markets um, three days a week. And so we were just busy picking right up until the time she had to put it in the van and, and head out. Yeah, thank you. So both of you have started to touch on, um, I think, like some of the challenges of the small scale farms that you work on and that exist all over our country, which feels like the the small amount of labor that has, you know, that that is going into the enormous amount of work. Like I'm imagining, you know, probably each of you only had a few coworkers in this enormous endeavor of caring for all these animals, growing all of this food. What is that like to be you know, such a really vital part of the functioning of, you know, a big endeavor like a farm. I think this is going to be really interesting because of my work with animals and Krista's work with mostly plants. I'm interested to see what your answer is, Krista, because for us at this farm, it's me and one other worker usually. And, you know, farm work, especially with animals, it's it's really a sunrise to sunset, 365 day a year job. And there's things that are really small and only take a couple minutes that need to be done, like closing the coops at night. You know, we want to make sure those doors are closed so predators don't get in there and mess with our chickens. It's a very important job, but because like we are such a small scale farm, um, most of the other work is completed earlier in the day. So balancing that end of the day, five minute chore work-wise can be kind of challenging, right? It's like, oh, I've got to drive out 15 minutes to do a five minute job. It's not very like appealing, I guess. Yeah. Krista, for you, what's it like to be, you know, one of only a few farmhands doing all of that work, picking for the multi times a week, going to the farmer's market? Sometimes it would get, you know, stressful just because of the weather and conditions, you know, just the timing of everything. Because sometimes all of a sudden, you know, the whole field of melons was ready to pick. But because there were only two of us plus the farmer, to get them off the vine before they started rotting, it was just like a race against time. And then at the same time, you know, there were like cucumber beetles destroying, you know, the other crop of cucumbers. So it's just like, what's the priority? What can we get before it's destroyed? So it was always just kind of like switching gears midday, mid hour to try to, you know, how can we maximize this right now? And then, you know, with weather, like all of a sudden there'd be a storm coming for whatever reason, we had a lot of storms last summer and it would be like, we've got to throw the tarp over these seedlings. And so just a lot of like changing mid project um, for race to get things done. And, you know, the farmer only had two of us helping. And so she often stayed, Sierra mentioned this sunrise to sunset. She worked on the farm sunrise to sunset. And sometimes she worked with a headlamp after dark 
to harvest things so that we could get them to she could get them to market the next morning so a lot of labor and very few people what are other challenges that stand out from your guys experience working on these smaller scale farms um, besides the enormous amount of work for the small amount of people anything else that that stands out from your observations um if i might go um this is krista pest control she's an organic farmer and she even tried you know there are organic you know chemical organic um, applications that can be used that you know are considered organic but she even tried to stay away from using those chemicals and so sometimes it's like potato potato beetles we would just carry buckets of water and have to pick them off by hand and it was just like if we don't get these potato beetles today by tomorrow the crop will be destroyed um so just trying to stay ahead of it and really just by human labor that got to be really difficult and sometimes we were not successful and we lost crops sierra what about for you other challenges that you've observed in your time on the farm yeah I mean, I feel like this would be a challenge that's overall for all farms with animals, right? It's uh, no matter the weather, you have to go outside and make sure these these guys are okay and they're fed and watered. They have a clean bed. doesn't matter uh, how hot it is or if there's a blizzard going on, you got to go out there. So that, that can definitely be a personal challenge for people, right? Because... Nobody wants to go out in a hailstorm or whatever the weather is doing. Yeah, I know, Sierra, a few weeks ago you were sharing pictures of some of the new lambs that had been born on the farm, which I'm sure is like, okay, when that's happening, you got to show up and help the sheep deliver their babies no matter what's going on outside. And it's still kind of winter in the Midwest, so... Right. You get a call at 1 a.m. that one of the sheep are giving birth and you got to go out and help. It doesn't matter if it's raining or not. Yeah. I would like to hear from both of you about how you see the farms that you work on connected with the community that they exist in. Um, Krista, I know you mentioned um, selling at a farmer's market regularly. Obviously, that's a pretty clear connection. For you, Krista, Like, what's the relationship between this small farm and the surrounding uh, towns? Well, um, and this was a challenge for, for the farmer I worked for. We live in a region, an area, a county that, you know, doesn't seem all that open to the concept of organic farming or some of the different types of crops that she wanted to grow and introduce but she works really hard at making um, connections with the customers, consumers, and trying to build that relationship. And she really opened things up with the farmer's market. She became like the director of the farmer's markets in this area. And so she was able to make some changes and to have farmer's markets in different areas. It used to just be in one place. And so to be able to make it um, accessible to more people in this county. So she worked really hard at that in the past few years, even since before I moved back here, the community is 
like much more interested and invested in having local uh, produce, fresh produce available to them. I remember when I would stop back here to visit my parents in the summers, like even 15, 10 years ago, there would be like two stands at the farmer's market and nobody was stopping. And now my farmer and the other farmers say, you know, now the demand is such that they can't even grow enough to satisfy the customer um, desires. She and other farmers in this area have really worked to basically normalize farmers markets and local farm, uh, local farms. Do you think was part of that increase in demand related to concerns around COVID and people, you know, supply chain issues, people not wanting to like go to a big grocery store or whatever, um, or has it been a more gradual change over several years? I think it's been a gradual change, but definitely. And the farmer I worked for even explained that, you know, during COVID, they kept the farmer's market open because it was out outdoors, you know, distance. And she did notice that the demand grew and more people came to the farmer's markets than ever had before. So it, that definitely um, was a factor. Sierra, what about for you? How does your farm sell its uh, products? Who do they sell to? And what's its relationship with the surrounding towns? Yeah, so we're a little different. And I've only been working on this farm for, you know, maybe about eight months. I've kind of been involved from, you know, the farm sitter to just recent, more recently getting regular hours. Before COVID, I know that the farm used to have these community events where they would invite people. They used to have a small market garden with vegetables. And it's been kind of a debate if we're going to do that, if we're going to start doing that again. Anyways, they would invite people out to the farm uh, from the community just to see it. And I get to know some local like production options and kind of build this cool little farming community and hang out in this awesome, beautiful space. Right. Right now, the main way that our farm is connected to the community because it's, it's changed so much through the pandemic is um, really just selling our eggs to like local small uh, grocery store downtown. And then we sell them to, you know, local restaurants and some coffee shops. And then the lamb we sell to restaurants or private buyers. We have not had a whole lot of involvement in the farmer's market. I think last year we gave our eggs to somebody else who sold them at their table. Just because, you know, going back to the whole challenges of farming in, in a small farm, there's sometimes just not enough help to get everything done that you dream and imagine to do, right? Yeah. I mean, the idea that a farmer has to be somebody who's really good at, you know, managing the vegetables or animals that they're caring for and growing um, and also be like managing a business and being a salesperson and like driving, you know, long distances potentially into town to like sell their food multiple times a week, be a marketer, like getting new customers. I mean, it just seems like really tall order to to have all of that in one person. And I wish it wasn't, wish that wasn't the case, but it seems like 
that is often the situation I encounter with farmers I've met. It's definitely a lot. And it's, it's a job that, I mean, it definitely takes up your whole life, right? Yeah. <laughs> it seems like both of you um, probably already had a deep appreciation for, you know, where food comes from and um, plants and nature, but has farming changed your perception and your relationship with land and like your understanding of the value of where food comes from and farmers? That could be a question for either of you. I'll go first. I think, I think you're right. Like, um, I already had a really deep appreciation for, you know, land and where food comes from growing up in a farming community. I think that just kind of comes along with the mindset, right? That experience living out at the farm definitely brought a whole like new perspective to it. And just that really, like what we were just saying about how this is really, it, it feels like more than a job sometimes. It kind of feels like your life, right? Um, it's really like this deeper appreciation for people who do decide to start their own farm, whether it be vegetables or um, with animals or whatever it is. It's it's a lot of hard and work, and it's it's good work, but it's definitely challenging. What about for you, Krista? Yeah, Sierra, I sort of, in a way, envy you that you lived uh, and worked on the farm because that's an experience I haven't yet had. But just as you're saying, it becomes, you know, your life. And I can, you know, only relate to the farmer I worked for who lived mostly on the farm. That's what my appreciation grew for farmers. I had always, like you, Sierra, too, a deep connection with the land and, you know, nature. And I, I always valued um, locally grown produce, although it was sometimes hard to find in Minnesota. But um, I always valued that. But it wasn't until I actually worked on the farm that I truly understood, like, after a shift, being so tired that you, you know, couldn't even move. Um, and then knowing that I only did that five days a week. Um, but the farmer or any farmer, it, it is their life. And that I really got a much deeper appreciate, appreciation for that type of work and dedication. Yeah. I mean, this is like a very tiny comparison, but I feel like in my experience, having just my own little backyard garden for the first time and watching like plants grow over time and putting the work into like planting them and weeding and watering and making sure the sun is right and all that. Then like when that first tomato comes out, you're like, oh, I, if I accidentally drop this on the ground or something, like I'm going to wash it. I'm going to like make it special. I'm going to appreciate like every single bite because like I saw how much work went into making this. And it's, it's very different from just like, oh, well, I can buy this for 50 cents at the grocery store. And, you know, who cares if it goes bad or whatever. But yeah. Seeing how much work goes into that. And obviously that's a tiny amount of work compared to working on a farm all day. Right. That's awesome. I think it makes the food taste a little bit better when you when you see how much work has been put into it, right? Yeah. Also that for <laughs> sure. Yeah, absolutely. What are your guys' favorite things about the experience working on your respective farms? 
Um, Sierra, maybe we can start with you. Yeah. Um, I, I find it just so satisfying. I love being outside and using my hands to work. And I, I mean, we've been talking about the challenges of farm work and there's really this like deep appreciation for those challenges and I enjoy them. Um, and I, I, I enjoy how each do each day is a different story. Right. So for example, you never really know what's going to happen, um, because nothing ever really seems to go according to plan. Like I'll walk up on to the farm and be like, all right, we're going to get this done today. But then there's some unexpected problem to be solved at a moment's notice. You know, it could be as simple as like a piece of equipment broke and I got to fig- I got to figure out how to fix it. And I find that really fun. And um, this is this one's kind of funny. It actually did happen this year. Our sheep birthed a month earlier than we thought they would. I don't know if we just miscalculated or what happened, but it happened. And so I came to the farm and it was just this rush of we have got to prepare for these babies. They are coming. We have got a sheep in labor. And I mean, we had everything there just kind of sitting aside. We just hadn't set it up yet. So, you know, it was a rush to set everything up. And um, then, you know, another day was pretty funny. Um, um, we separated the rams from the ewes when they started giving birth. And one of the rams uh, decided to jump over the connecting fence. We did not expect that or see that coming at all. So we had to crawl him back to where he belonged. And that took a minute. And then figure out um, how to build that portion of the fence to be higher since apparently he could jump over it. Um, yeah. I mean, it's super fun. And I, I think those like unexpected, um, things that tend to happen just make it really a, a enjoyable job. Right. Yeah. Krista, what are your favorite things about this sort of work? Oh, like Sierra said, it's just so satisfying. Just seeing, you know, we planted a lot of things by from seed and it was a last summer we had, you know, a drought here in this area. And so just like hoping that the seeds would germinate and that, you know, there would be some success. And so when we would be able to see little seedlings coming up, it was just so exciting and so satisfying. Um, and really the part that I loved the most besides just watching plants grow and to see them come to be ready to be harvested, you know, that's kind of success. For me, it was also just the silence and the beauty of the farm. Um, I would start, you know, basically at sunrise and just to just, be able to witness the sunrise and to hear the birds and just the peace that I found out there. And I just also found such a peace and, um, again, satisfaction of doing the manual labor. Um, just being able to have my hands in dirt on plants all day long. There's For me, there's nothing better. And, you know, once the season was over, I, I missed that. And I'm kind of anxious to be able to have that again, or at least some experience um, working with plants again this summer. 
So for me, that's what I loved. Imagine for both of you where you're spending, you know, the other part of your professional life working for Strong Towns and doing a lot of things that are are valuable and important, like writing and answering phones and responding to things, but you're less able to see the immediate impacts of your work often with, you know, this type of work online and communication. So I'm, I'm guessing that's like a nice contrast too, to be able to be hands in the dirt, like yeah. physically growing things. Yeah, it is. I It's a nice balance for me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. I love the balance of you know, getting to sit at my computer and, you know, do creative things that I love to do and then go outside and, you know, work my hands and do that sort of thing that I love to do. It really is a great balance of the mind and body. So what are you both looking forward to in the coming months, um, you know, the life of the farm in uh, the rest of the year? Um, what about for you, Sierra? What does what does summer look like on the farm? Is it kind of some of the same? It's uh, it's so different how the farm is between the winter and the summer. Um, I'm really looking forward to the seasonal change. Uh, you know, as it gets warmer, our chickens are going to, they're free range chickens. And so they will be more willing to leave their coops versus cuddling inside where it's warm, which for me means I get to clean out the coops significantly less because they will not be as you know dirty. That is going to be awesome. Um, <laughs> and so then I'll get to focus more on other things. We're going to be getting um, a bunch of trees. I think they actually come in the next week or two. And so we're going to be planting some trees. And yeah, I'm just really excited to watch all of the plants bloom and see all the animals like going outside. Yeah. Yeah. Does that mean that you'll have to chase after the chickens more <laughs> or do they come back on their own? So it's actually really cool. Um, they're, they're pretty intelligent. Fun fact, chickens can actually remember up to a hundred faces and they'll, they'll know. I did not know that. They have such small brains. That's impressive. It's crazy. Um, they'll, they'll remember who you are and they'll remember if they like you or not. Right. So it's pretty cool. Um, so they're pretty smart. They know that as the sun starts to go down, you know, predators are more likely to be out. So they will naturally gravitate towards the coops and they will go inside on their own. You know, in the summer when it's really warm, sometimes they'll, there'll be a couple of stragglers that I get to like chase around, um, to get them to go inside so I can go inside. But yeah, usually they're pretty good at knowing, knowing that, you know, when the sun goes down, it's time to go to bed. Krista, I know that you haven't been working on the farm over the winter months, of course. Are you thinking about going back or trying to decide what the summer looks like for you? Yeah, I, I'm trying to decide. <laughs> I may or may not be going back this summer. Um, if I do, it might be at a, you know, not as often or um, not as many hours. But, it, you know, if I do, and I've already thought about this, you know, starting kind of getting things ready in early to mid-May, it's just the whole thing, you know, spring, it's just the freshness. There's a completely different smell. Everything is new and it's just waking up and just the smell of the earth. And, you know, that's in the spring, it's just, you know, the planting. And 
you know, as much as I love harvesting, there's also something deeply satisfying about planting. And so getting those little seeds and seedlings in the ground, I'd love kind of that spring freshness and and starting out with a whole new season, you know, which crops are we going to grow and which field, you know, the rotation of the fields. And it's just something that um, I would look forward to. Mm. So to close us out here, what advice would each of you offer for someone that's listening that might be interested in working on a farm in their area? Um, Sierra, what do you think? Yeah. So my advice for wanting to work on a farm, honestly, just if you have an interest, just do it. And when you do it, love every single moment of it. Even the moments you feel like you probably shouldn't love where you'd you know rather not do it, just choose to love it and keep an open mind and be ready to learn. And don't be afraid to get really dirty because it will happen. You're going to get dirty. (laughs) It's an experience that just will be life-changing. Lovely. Krista, what advice would you give if someone was interested in starting to work on a farm? Gosh, I would just say, listen to what Sierra said. (laughs) I mean, that pretty much my, my only thought was just like, just do it. I mean, I had been interested, but sort of not even knowing how to go about it and then thinking, oh, maybe I'm too old to do that kind of manual labor. Um, But yeah, don't be afraid. Just try it. And if it's not for you, there's no harm done, you know, but like Sierra said, I mean, really, you do. You love every moment, even when you are 95 degrees, you've got um, bugs all over and you're harvesting, it's like there is something that you actually love about that. And so I would just say, find a way, even if you can volunteer. We had a volunteer on our farm. He came three days a week for a couple hours and just did whatever needed to be done. And he loved it so much that he's been doing it for years. So just find a way and try it. Yeah, that's good advice. I've definitely seen um, the CSA that I've been part of. They'll offer like work days or like a discount on a share if you come and work a certain amount throughout the year. So that's that's a good advice for getting a taste of what that would be like too. Well, thank you so much, Krista and Sierra, for um, taking the time to be on the show and letting our audience get to know you guys a little bit and sharing all of your stories and insight about farming. Yeah, thanks, Rachel, for having us. It was really cool. Yeah, thank you. I loved this opportunity. If you enjoyed that conversation, definitely check out some of our previous episodes on local food and farming. I'll make sure to link to those in the show notes. And also uh, check out Sierra's writing. I'll include a link to her stuff as well. Um, She's written about a lot of different topics on the site as she's been here for the last few months. And um, I think you'll enjoy hearing from her. Thank you to our Strong Towns members for supporting this work. If you want to get more involved in the Strong Towns movement, taking action in your community, sign up to become a member today at strongtowns.org slash membership. All right, that's our show. Thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you back here for the next episode. Mm-hmm.